We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Your guys, Derek and Cody, with you as always. Guys, we're wrapping down the draft weekend. First things first, want to say thank you to my man Cody for coming by this weekend at my house, celebrating and uh, doing all this draft content. Uh, it was a long time coming, and it was a lot of work. Yes. Uh, 12 draft picks in the book. 15-plus hours uh, lots of stuff. I mean, we went nearly seven hours on day three. It was absolutely crazy, but this is why we do it, man. We absolutely love what we do, and you guys are the reason for it. And, man, I tell you what, 12 picks, the most in the modern draft era, that is nuts for the Colts. We're going to go ahead and end this one here with a uh, going out and talking about all of these, doing a quick recap of all of these draft picks. Yep. The first thing you got to do, you got to start with the first rounder, and it was the most highly anticipated one of them all, Cody. Anthony Richardson is going to be an Indianapolis Colt going forward. So, I mean, this is very interesting because uh, we heard from Ursay on day three. Apparently, they said even if the Colts had the number one overall pick, they still probably would have taken Anthony Richardson yeah. on top of it. So, I mean, it just goes to show you how high Indianapolis – thought of Anthony Richardson here. Yeah, I mean, they've said a ton about Richardson ever since then. And, you know, they were praying that he was still going to be there at pick number three, right? They were praying, hoping and praying that when that trade-up came from three, they were hoping that it wasn't a team that needed a quarterback. And obviously it was Houston. Sure, it was a sigh of relief for everybody in the Colts complex at that point because that meant they were going to get their guy. And so we've talked about Richardson a good amount, uh, just the raw athletic traits and, you know, in his interview, his press conference yesterday uh, before round two, he really was, you know, I, I came away very impressed, Derek, and I know a lot of people did as well. And just his maturity, his answers. I mean, this guy doesn't seem like a 20-year-old player. He, he seems like he's a veteran. He, he came, he's very methodical. He's very uh, professional in the way that he does it. He seems like he's a guy that, that's been there, done that, and he definitely seems like a guy that's uh, – you know, while he is still, yes, a very raw prospect, he definitely seems like a guy that uh, is ready to learn, understands he's not even close to where he needs to be, and he's ready to put in the work and ready to get to go. And I really liked what he had to say in his draft and just how excited he was to be an Indianapolis Colt. Obviously, we know how much the Colts loved him in the pre-draft process, leading yeah. all the way back to August Fell when Morocco Brown, third in line, 
you know, was texting Chris Ballard and was saying, man, they are putting on a show down here. I've never seen anything like this guy, right? And we really haven't seen anybody like Anthony Richardson from a physical standpoint. And so the Colts felt like the talent was worth the bet, was worth the taking at the number four overall pick. They do that. And, man, for the first time in years, the Colts actually have an answer, right? They actually have something, a quarterback that you know is going to be here for a couple years. They have some stability and they have some hope at that position. And we haven't seen that in a long, long time. Yeah, I mean, you said it, that the Colts from top down, I mean, fell in love with Anthony Richardson throughout this whole process. Kind of hard not to when you listen to him speak. Like, he carries himself like a 10-year veteran in the NFL when he's when he's never – he's not even old enough to legally drink yet, yeah. which is just crazy to think about for his age and where he's <laughs> at. I mean, obviously, as fans, too, I mean, from – this whole process, I mean, even me, and I think you and I would have been in the same position in January, never did we think that the Indianapolis Colts would seriously be considering Anthony Richardson right. previously to this. But then, you know, the more we watch the film, the more we listen to the more information that comes out about this kid, you know, the more we hear people talk about him, the more it you just fall in love with this kid and the potentials through the roof. And, yeah. you know, fans started to feel the same way. You know, I mean, I, I give credit to Drake Wally and Landon Oliver, our guys, because they were the ones that were leading that hype train amongst content creators from the very beginning. And we kind of just fell in line at the same time. And then everything else started handling that way. So, you know, it, it was crazy. And I think, Fans, you know, for the most part, have a sigh of relief that we now have an answer. We hope at some point, and then we will see how that goes as time goes along with Shane Steichen. And then you go to the round two guys, Julius Brents, where Indianapolis, who originally had the 35th pick in the draft, traded back once with Atlanta at 38, and then traded back again six more picks and felt confident enough in their ability to get this guy and still were able to nab Julius Brent, the corner out of Kansas State, the six foot three, 203 pound physical specimen that this kid is. I mean, hometown native. Yep. I mean, there's a lot to like about Julius Brent. Yeah. So Julius Brent's the hometown kid. Mm-hmm. He said that his favorite player growing up was Bob Sanders. And so a lot of people say, you know, he, he's a bigger player. He, he definitely can lay a hit down, uh, uh-huh. but Julius Brents, you're right. We haven't really seen a corner like him for the Colts in a long time. Six foot three, over 200 pounds, and yeah, he, I think he's going to provide a lot of good stuff. And the beauty of this, Derek, with what the Colts were able to do, trading down from 35 then trading down again to get you know, at 44 to get Julius Brents, was there was no corners that came off the board between 35 when the Colts would have originally picked and when, you know, and 244 when the Colts did pick Julius Brents. So the Colts were able to get an early fourth round pick out of it and an additional fifth round pick, which they already had a crap ton. Yeah. They added another one and they were able to still get their guy. So I really think that was a really good selection for them. People will debate how big of a loss was Brandon face on, you know, because of what he didn't really do well on the field. But Overall, I do feel like Julius Brents uh, really, you know, is going to play from day one. I think he's going to be one of your primary outside corners right away. And I'm really excited to see, you know, what 
he's able to do. He did, you know, have that wrist injury. Chris Ballard said he probably won't be ready till the start of training camp. But overall, you get a, you know, I think the best corner left on the board at that point, and you're able to still accumulate some draft capital. And Ballard said, especially that fourth round pick, they felt like it was very valuable and really good for them to be able to move all the way back there and still get their guy. So I really like that a lot. Julius Prince is a good player. Um, I think he's going to thrive in this Gus Bradley defense. He's obviously really good at the zone defense, the kind of stuff that Nicole's defense is really predicated on. And I, overall, I think it's a really good fit. I mean, there's been yeah, some people fit. ahead of time that kind of mocked Julius Prince to Indianapolis at 35, and they said, man, you know, he is like the perfect fit for Gus Bradley's defense. And so I really think that is the case here. And the Colts get a lot younger at corner, obviously, than they were last year. Uh, we'll see what Julius Prince is like year one. You know, we'll see. Because mm-hmm. he, is, he isn't a perfect prospect. But he's definitely got the physical traits. He's very athletic. You know, 9.99. You know, Anthony Richardson was a 10. <laughs> Between the Colts, two picks out of 20 possible for RAS. The Colts got a 19.99. <laughs> so they were extremely athletic guys the Colts were able to get. And Julius Prince was – I think, personally, Derek, the biggest need outside of quarterback was corner. Because you had no depth. You really didn't know who your outside corners were going to be. I mean, we said it. If you were asking me before this draft, who's going to be your top three corners? You'd say Isaiah Rodgers, Kenny Moore, and Dallas Flowers. Probably. Right? And I like Dallas Flowers. We like Dallas Flowers. He's an undrafted free agent. So corner was a huge need for Indianapolis. And they go and they get their guy here at pick number 44. I absolutely loved it. Absolutely, man. And then the the great momentum just kept going on day two in round three. Indianapolis Colts at number 79 in the third round selected Josh Downs, the wide receiver out of North Carolina. Folks, I mean, this one was crazy because we found out in the presser after after that pick was made that Ballard stated that, you know, for a half hour, the Indianapolis Colts tried to trade up to go get Josh Downs earlier in the third round and fear of him not being there. But yet we're still able to get him at 79. And then, of course, Reggie Wayne coming out stating that he told Josh Downs from the very beginning, the first time he met him, that he felt that he was the best wide receiver in this draft class and it wasn't even close. And that's Mm -hmm. a high order given the fact that there were four wide receivers taken in the first round this year and some really good ones too. Jackson Smith and Jigba amongst them who, you know, you had two first rounders in uh, last year that were running for offensive rookie of the year that all said that guy was better than them. And and here we are, Reggie Wayne saying that Josh Downs is better than him. So there was a lot of people. I mean, it was a shock that Josh Downs even made it to 79 because a ton of people – felt that this was a second-round guy, an early second-round guy. So the fact that you got him in the middle of the third round, I mean, again, it was another amazing pickup for them. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Out of all these top three picks, he is the by far the best value pick here for me for Indianapolis because, like you said, you know, really the only thing that kept Josh Downs down from having, uh, you know, a nine RAS score was his size. You know, he's a little bit smaller. He's 5'9", 5'10", 170 pounds or so, you know, but he's got everything you're looking for. You know, he had over 90 catches last year at North Carolina. He is just a guy that just gets open. And I think he, Derek, is the perfect complement to what the Colts have in this offense right now. They have two really big receivers they've drafted the last couple of years in Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce. They have their power forwards. Now they got their guard. They got a guy like Josh Downs who can take the top off of the defense, who can get the ball in the slot, who if you throw him the ball, he can go – you make guys miss. It was a perfect compliment. And then you have Isaiah McKenzie, who you also signed. Mm-hmm. So now you have all – you have you know a good combination of size guys and speed guys. Yeah. And I think that's a perfect compliment to what you need to do. And I'm just excited to see the ways that, you know, him and Anthony Richardson grow together because, you know, we talked about this before, the ways that the Colts in the past have surrounded their quarterback with a weapon, right? We saw the same thing in 2012. Andrew Luck goes in the first round. T.Y. Hilton goes in the third round. Colts do a similar thing here, quarterback, wide receiver, quarterback number one, wide receiver, third round. And so, you know, for a guy that should never have been there, I think it was a great pick, great selection. You get your speed guy. You get the guy there that I think makes a whole lot of sense for Indianapolis. And I think he's going to be a great player in this system. I'm excited the ways that Shane Steichen is going to use him because we've seen, I mean, unfortunately we've seen the other side where we've had good players and the fact that Indianapolis just didn't know how to use them in the past. So I'm just excited what he's able to bring to this Colts offense in general. And I really think it's a good fit here for Indianapolis, especially the value you get here taking him in the third round. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, there's a lot we can say about Josh Downs, uh, and I'm sure that as the off season goes along, there will be a lot to say about this kid. Again, the only reason why his RAS score was not in the high nines was just due to the fact that you know he's five seven and a buck seventy. So that's about it. But uh, other than that, you know, that was a great pickup for the Indianapolis Colts. And then you start getting in to the later picks. And the day three guys, round four at pick 106, you picked up Blake Freeland, tackle out of BYU. And then you also picked up in pick number 110. Again, I'm going to butcher this name, but we're going to figure it out as time goes along. Um, out of Bawari, the defensive tackle out of Northwestern. Two guys who, again, have insane athletics. Uh, Blake Freeland had the best vertical jump of any offensive lineman in all of combine history, uh, mm-hmm. which actually was held by Tristan Worfs a few years ago. Everyone knows Tristan Worfs, the athletic freak that he was. And here's Blake Freeland, who even more athletic than Tristan Worfs. Now, again, Tristan Worfs, who, you know, at that moment in time actually outweighed him, I think, by about 35, 40 pounds. Yeah. But, I mean, nevertheless, Blake Freeland, who is an athletic tackle and 
has played both right tackle and left tackle. So he's gone uh, a multitude of different ways. And then Adebowari, who a lot of people will probably remember from the combine because of the fact that he ran a four, uh, what was it? A four, four, was it? It was a four, four at 282 pounds. It's actually the fastest time that a guy of that weight has ran something like that in over 15 years. So an athletic freak at 282 pounds. So even more athletic than Aaron Donald at that position. So again, a lot of, uh, of some, basically some great athletes here, Cody, as depth pieces. Yes. I mean, outside of Brenton Richardson, these were the two most athletic guys the Colts got, right? I mean, uh, Freeland 9.8 RAS score and Adebowari 9.7. So both these guys, absolute freaks um, when it comes to that. And both these guys are going to serve roles. Freeland's probably going to be your swing tackle. We don't really probably anticipate him, you know, coming in and competing for a starting spot. Although I do like the fact that, you know, you now have some competition potentially for Bernard Ryman. You're not just going to hand him that position. You're going to have some guys that are going to really, really push him. I think Freeland could be one of those guys. Uh, the frame is obviously six foot seven. You know, we, we know all about that. And he can definitely put on some more weight, which I think he will. I think he'll build that frame up five, 10, 15 more pounds easily. I really do think he can do that. But yeah, you just bet on, you know, the traits, but also, you know, he didn't allow a sack in 2022, Derek. And I think he had two penalties and he's allowed one sack in his collegiate career. So all that being said, I think Freeland's a great pick here. The Colts needed a nice swing tackle, a guy that could help you out. You know, because you didn't really have that last year. And that was a really big, you know, issue, especially when you realize, oh, man, Matt Pryor is absolute dog crap. And you didn't really have a solution. You had to force Bernard Ryman to kind of play in there. It ended up working out. But, you know, you definitely need some tackle depth. Uh, I think that was a that was definitely a need I had going into day number three, and day number two. And I think that was definitely one here. Freeland was a good pick here for Indianapolis. And then out of like you talked about, I mean, Physical freak, he's probably going to play that three-tech backup. We'll see what that means for Taven Bryan. I'm not entirely sure what that means, but the Colts, again, better on a guy with some traits, and they think they can develop him. And, uh, you know, Ballard talked about it. This is why, you know, I knew that eventually we'd probably get to one of these picks where we're like, they don't really need another defensive lineman necessarily because they already added Abukum in free agency. They added Taven Bryan. Does they need another guy? And they felt like they, they couldn't pass this guy up. The talent was too good. And uh, it makes a lot of sense uh, for what he's doing. Talked about, you know, how good of a player he is. And I feel like he's a guy that definitely you're betting on the traits a little bit more than maybe a Freeland. But he's definitely a guy that has the chance to turn into a really good player. And we've seen the Colts draft some of these guys with this athletic freak, you know, traits. Dio Dangbo a couple years ago, for example. So the Colts just continue to add into that. And, man, you talk about a defensive line room that has some very athletic guys. Man. Adebowari is just another guy that really fits and really helps out on this defensive line. And I know that Nadal is going to love him in that defensive line room. And uh, here's the thing. So it's pronounced. I'm going to try this. Adi Tamiwa Adibari. I think that's how Adibari. That's how that's how you that's how you say it. So I'll have to, I'll have to go back to <laughs> the Colts.com and get yeah. that down so I can practice I know, that. A few I don't times. know what it is with the Colts always drafting these defensive line players that have that, that we can never names. pronounce. We can never pronounce their last names ever. So, all right. Well, we moved to the fifth round. There was a bunch here. Uh, you have 
the first pick, which was Darius Rush, mm -hmm. the cornerback out of South Carolina. And I think for this one, wh whether it be with Josh Downs or this guy, this was one of the most surprising picks because, again, everyone thought this guy was going to be taken early. Yeah, everyone earlier. thought this was going to mm -hmm. be a third-round guy. But sure enough, you're in the fifth round. A cornerback here, Darius Rush, and a lot of people were insanely happy about this because, I mean, again, this was a guy that was six foot two, 200 pounds, had a lot of potential in this kind of pick. So, I mean, again, it was really strange because I think even the higher, I think even the national media guys had him ranked uh, third yeah. round. And for yeah. some reason, this guy just kept falling and was, again, probably. A value might have been the second best value pick in the entire draft. Yeah, we couldn't believe he was there. We're like, man, are the Colts about to go steal Rush here in this fifth round right right away? You know, pick number three in that fifth round. Are the Colts going to go do this? And they take him and they don't hesitate, right? And you talk about another guy. I mean, you got Richardson, Brent, Freeland, Abouar, Abouare, and then you have Rush right there at a 9.7 as well. Uh, so you just keep going. After these traits, you keep going after this. And this is a guy that's huge. You know, another big corner that you're really, really, uh, you know, working and really believing that he's a guy that can come in and compete right away for a starting spot in the fifth round, Derek. You yeah. add more corner depth. We felt like the Colts needed to address quarter double. They did. They didn't just do that. They did a triple. We'll talk about the next guy um, here in the seventh round in a couple picks. But, yeah, overall, I could not believe this guy was sitting there in the fifth round, at the top of the fifth round. I'm like, you take him and you don't look back because this is a guy that should not be here. And that's kind of the theme of this Colts draft in a couple couple ways, <laughs> right? Even starting with Richardson, this yeah. guy probably shouldn't be sitting here at four. Yeah, right. But you're taking him and you're betting on the traits. And that is just something, I mean, gosh. I remember. Seven we of like... these picks, Derek, were over nine or 9.7 or above. That's wild. Yeah, and I remember when we were on the live stream and you were you were so adamant on that, like, get Darius Rush, get Darius Rush. Yep. And we were so praying for it. And it was like basically what Zach Hicks would call a build a Ballard player. Oh, yeah. That's exactly yeah. what he is. So yeah, we uh, never thought he'd be there though. Never thought we would. So and then the three other guys here in the fifth round that you got, Daniel Scott, basically a free, uh, free safety out of California. Uh, with the 158th pick, Will Mallory at 162, the tight end out of Miami, and Evan Hall, the running back out of Northwestern at 176. All three of these guys, basically, Cody, just more depth at positions that we didn't think the Indianapolis Colts really needed, but this is just more of depth purposes for all of these. I mean, Daniel Scott, again, had a 9.9 RAS yeah. score. Great athlete, special teamer, uh, a great captain on his team. So, you know, mm -hmm. a great character guy. Will Mallory, the fastest tight end in the entire draft class. Yeah. So the RAS, the RAS score wasn't as great, but you bet on the speed. You bet, you bet on, on what he can do in mismatches. You bet on yep. the vertical threat. You already have Kylan Granson. You have Jelani Woods. You have Drew Ogletree. You signed Farrell Brown in free agency. And you get another guy that can just be a weapon down the field. You're just continuing to add, and also Evan Hall, which you talk about as well, right? You are just adding weapons for Anthony Richardson. 
You are trying to you're, do your best, whether it's offensive line picks, whether it's tight ends, whether it's a receiving running back, Evan Hall, 55 catches last year at Northwestern. Not a great team last year at Northwestern, but Evan Hall was definitely, I think, the guy on offense for mm-hmm. Northwestern. Yeah. And he definitely fills that role that I felt like was an underrated need, Derek. So with Hall, you know, you lost Saheem Hines, you traded him midseason. You didn't have somebody that really stepped up to the plate, although I really liked what Zach Moss did. You didn't have a guy that kind of played that, you know, receiving back role for you. You really didn't have that guy. And so you had a guy here that had 55 catches last year that was really tearing it up. He had over, a, I think it was like a 260-yard game last year in the air as a running back. That's crazy. Yep. So you add a guy there that's got, the, you know, he's got a lot of those things that you really like. Um, as far as running back is concerned, you have the backfield. You add an, you know, that's an underrated need for sure that the Colts filled. And uh, I really liked all these guys. And some of these guys can play special teams as well, um, which I think mm-hmm. is helpful. That's especially going, you know, yeah. for for the guy they drafted. Daniel the, Scott. Yeah, Daniel Scott, the free safety that they drafted. Uh, he'll probably, you know, would realistically probably be that fourth safety in this room, but he can definitely help right away on special teams. So I really liked it a lot. I thought it was a good fifth round there for Indianapolis. Yep, and obviously being headlined by Darius Rush, the rest of it was just icing on the cake. Yeah. And then sixth round with the pick, the extra pick that they picked up from trading back in the fifth round, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Titus Leo, edge rusher out of Wagner. So 6'3", 243 pounds, not a small school guy, you know, at Ballard does it every year. And this one's this one's the wild card one, you know, just real the real wild card. Like, I mean, does this guy really actually hang around on this edge group? Because like we said, I mean, we already talked about it with Adebowari. There's just not really – there wasn't much of a need of defensive line going into this draft to begin with, but they went and got one anyway. Yeah. So – you know, what, is, what does that mean? I mean, they had to have fallen in love with him enough to say, like, this guy definitely has a chance on our roster. Yeah, he's got very long arms, uh, small school guy that you talked about, so he's going to have to figure out his way. The Colts have taken chances on guys like that in the past. So, you know, we'll see kind of how he fits into this defensive line room. But, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely was interesting. I thought he'd be a little bit more athletic, to be honest, based mm-hmm. off of the Colts, you know, history of drafting guys. But uh, overall, yeah, I thought it was a, a pretty okay pick for where they were there. And, and you know, only Chris Ballard always adding to the defensive line, kind of how he likes to do it. So. Yep, absolutely. And then the final two picks in the seventh round, you had Jalen Jones, cornerback out of Texas A&M, and then Jake Witt, a tackle out of Northern Michigan. Jalen jo- uh, Jones, you know, a four-star recruit coming out of high school, a, a guy that, that hasn't had a ton of work but did have 12 games in 2021 where he eventually you know went to Texas A&M and then started in 10 games in the fall missed a couple games due to injury but you know is another guy that's a physical a physical guy and a, a yeah. taller bigger guy like with the, what the Colts normally do at corner and then Jake Witt is just like Freeland a, a big a big athletic guy they're about the same that's, size they're about the same size pretty much uh Freeland is a is about an inch taller then Wit, but pretty much the same weight, and Wit is almost as pretty much as much an athlete as Freeland is. So yeah. you know, Indy said if we're going tackle depth in this draft, we're gonna go get some guys that you know can swing tackle and can also or also insane athletes. Yeah, interesting. Jake Wit, former tight end. We know the Colts have liked to do this in the past. Um, he's interesting because when you look at his RAS score, 
the things that he is not great in, which would be, I think it was weight, and I think it was also strength, right? Those things can be worked in, and I, actually, they go hand in hand, right? Mm -hmm. When he gets bigger, he's going to get stronger, right? Mm -hmm. And that's just kind of how it is, and that's something where he can, just like Freeland, he's going to build that frame. He's going to bulk up. He's going to get bigger, and I think you bet on all those traits, and you say, hey, yeah, he's a small school guy here, Northern Michigan. You know, who knows? I've never even heard of that place, but you know, six foot seven, three oh two, he definitely can grow into this frame a little bit more. You bet on the athletic traits, and uh, you take a chance here for him in the seventh round with pick two thirty six. So I like that pick because it, it is a guy that's not going to probably see the field at all this year. I'll probably factor in as maybe your fourth tackle, yeah, on the offensive line. But like, he has potential if he's developed properly uh, to turn into a really good tackle based off the athletic traits you went with. Yeah, absolutely. So, again, guys, let us know your thoughts on this 2023 draft. I mean, what would you say? Like, just oh. early off the top, without really looking too much more into it, just at face value, what kind of grade or ranking would you give them? I think based off of, and again, this will obviously hinge on Anthony Richardson. Can he develop into that guy? But based off of the upside that you got here, I got to go A for now. Like you got based off of the first two rounds. I'll just go the first two. I, I would say three rounds. The first two days, right? I would say you added all three of the biggest positions you needed. You did. You added to it. And then you came back on day three. You double dipped at the biggest position outside the quarterback. Mm -hmm. And you added some more help on the offensive line. And, and you got a couple – high upside guys here. So again, time will tell, but I think based off of how the first three rounds went, I couldn't picture Derek a better draft for, you know, how the board fell for the Colts. Yeah. I mean, there's legitimately three or four day one starters that were drafted. I mean, of the first four guys, I mean, all of them have a legitimate reason to potentially start day one. Yeah. And, that, and that's a really great thing. I'll go A minus just right off the bat right now. Maybe that'll change as I kind of look a little bit more into like, you know, the later picks and seeing how things went down. Mm -hmm. But overall, I'm very happy with this draft. Uh, Ballard went serious depth at a lot of different positions. And of course, you know, I think that potentially you could draft this down to a B only if the Colts don't address the right guard position in free agency. Which they, they got, I think, which, the best remaining guard, which we'll talk about undrafted free agents, a guy at Bama. So, yeah. again, I think they're going to probably monitor free agency. And that's what I've said, Derek, even going into this draft. People wanted guys like Osiris Torrance at round two. And I was like, look, you can get still some free agent guards out there. And the Colts have even said they're going to continue to add in free agency. I really think they will. I think a guy like Dalton Risner makes way too much sense for them sitting there uh, still on the free agent market. You know, he's, just, I think, a little past mid-20s, and I think he'd be the perfect fit for them right away, sign him to a couple-year deal, have him compete with, with Will Fries out there. And I think you're set. You got your tackle depth. You get another offensive lineman in there at the interior, and I think you're sitting pretty uh, for the offensive line. Yep, absolutely. So let us know your thoughts, guys. Uh, this is the recap of the 2023 draft class for the Indianapolis Colts. Let us know your thoughts. Again, thank you so much for all the support on the draft weekend. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And as always, go Colts. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. The 
Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.